Hey there! Before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. Book of 1 Samuel, chapter 1. We're going to read the word and then we're going to pray. 1 Samuel, chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 21. I brought my electronic, but I also have my my page turner. I'm old like that. I don't know why. And maybe this is just me, but is there anybody who likes to have like a physical Bible? Like I love to have a physical. Yes. Amen. Y'all are the real Christians. Second me stop. <laughs> I, I love having the, the, the real one because I put stuff in the margins, man. Like I like to write all over my Bible. My son likes to write over my Bible too. <laughs> His notes aren't as specific as mine, though. 1 Samuel chapter 1. If you have it, say amen. 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 We're going to start in verse 21, yes? The word of the Lord is read in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And the church said, amen. The man Elkanah and his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, as soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took up with her, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, a skin of wine, and she brought, to him, she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh, and the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull and they brought the child to Eli and she said, Oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my request that I made to him. Therefore, I have given him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is given to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. Before we pray, I just want to tell you, God is about to do something in your life. And when he does it, the only response that you are going to have is to go give a testimony. Because some of you are standing in this place, and I, I, I want you to know, some of you are standing in this place with requests open, prayer requests that you've been asking, God, I want you to do something in my life. I need this from you. I need that from you, God. And it is not because I'm being selfish, but Lord, I want your glory to be seen in this earth. And so I'm making this request. Whatever it is, I'm standing in the need of prayer. And when God meets that need, your testimony Your testimony will be the thing that defines you. So today I want to preach under the title, The Gift, The Giver, and The Given. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the word. It is blessed. I ask you this morning, this afternoon, Lord God, to pour out your, more of your anointing, more of your spirit in this place, Father. I ask you also, Lord, to speak loudly to the ears that are here. Let the word hit their heart deep, Father God. Let it be a word that penetrates so deep that it cuts, Father God, to the depth of their soul, that it begins to separate the things that you don't want from the things that you want, Father. I thank you, Lord, that as the seed goes deep and begins to separate, that it also begins to rebuild, repair, and reestablish and strengthen again. In Jesus' name. Let no one who walked into this place leave here the same way they came in. In your holy name we pray. And everyone said, and everyone shouted, amen. If you haven't taken a seat, you may be seated. This particular word is, is, um, is powerful. It's something that God has been speaking to me for weeks since Pastor Roe had said, hey, you know, I want you to come and speak to, to, to us at Kuhau, and this is, the, this is the theme, grace gives. And I remember thinking, okay, I went home and I prayed, and it's something that God dropped on me from the very beginning. Because this, this is sort of a, this is the classic thing when we talk about giving, right? This is one of the classic messages. Uh, anytime somebody has a child like we did, and, and they go to dedicate their child, you know, a lot of those messages are, we go to Hannah, because Hannah dedicated Samuel to the Lord. And so we love this particular text, but I, I want to go back to the beginning of the story to establish it because as we dig deeper, there are some truths in this particular story that begin to challenge the way we see giving. This particular story begins with, a story, with, with, with establishing the fact that there's a man and he has two wives. There's a problem with that already, but 
I'm not going there. We're not, this is not a marriage conference, right? No. Okay. There's a, there's a, I got one. I don't know what to do with two. I don't know. There's a man, he has a wife. He has two wives. And we understand, we know about Hannah. Very quickly, the Bible establishes that Hannah cannot have children. And so Hannah is at a place where she is, she is at a deficit. She's, she's walking around. She's married. She's supposed to be in marital bliss, but she's unable to produce children. And so we, we sort of go through the story, right? We're like, Hannah, she couldn't have kids. And then she went to the temple and she prayed. And then God gave her a Samuel. And then the rest of the book of Samuel is about the amazing things that he does. But we skip some very important things. Because we, we, we kind of look at this, this idea of, well, God was so good to Hannah, right? God was so good to Hannah because he answered her prayer. And what we tend to do is we tend to measure God or define God by, by the amount of prayers that he answers in our favor. Right? God has been so good to me. Right? We, God has been so good to me because I just got that brand new job. God has been so good to me because my stimulus came before everybody else. <laughs> Who's still waiting for a stimulus? All right, never mind. Right? We, 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 God is so good because he gave me what I've been wanting. But I've got to ask you a question. Like, if, if God didn't give it to you, would it change how good he is? Like, if you, if you didn't get what you asked for, would it, would it change God's goodness? Would it change your picture of his goodness? See, God's goodness isn't measured solely by what he gives me, but also by what he keeps from me. What? God's goodness isn't solely measured by what he gives me, but also by what he keeps from me. Watch this. Hannah is married to a man who has another wife, and this wife is producing children. So the Bible automatically makes the distinction that Penina is producing children, but Hannah is not producing children. So we begin to see that, that already Hannah is at a deficit. Hannah's running behind and somebody else is getting more or doing more than she is. Have we ever felt like somebody else has more blessing on them than us? And so, so Hannah is, is very frustrated by this fact and, and, and it begins to become a problem. But watch this. The, 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 the Bible will point out many times that that people go through struggles and difficulties because God is trying to let them, let something come out of their life. Like sometimes God will allow you to struggle in a certain area of life in order to reveal the condition of your heart. Let's be real. Like sometimes God will allow you to go through difficult things because he wants to reveal the condition of your heart. And when we, when we look at this text, watch what happens. Penina is not having, is having children. Hannah is not having children. Hannah's at a deficit. But the Bible also says that Elkanah is giving Penina a portion, but he's giving Hannah a double portion. Now watch this. It's not just a portion to Penina, but it's a portion to Penina and all her kids. So Elkanah is giving her enough resources to manage everything that she's produced, but he's giving Hannah, who doesn't have nearly as much to manage, twice as much as her. Tell me why you're mad. So now Hannah's sitting here, watch this. Hannah's at a deficit because she's not producing children, but Panina's at a deficit because she's not getting a double portion. And it began to produce frustration. And so God allowed this situation because it began to reveal a heart. Watch this. What does Panina do when she hears, when she sees what's going on? She's like, wait a minute, she's getting a double portion? She starts to take shots at Hannah. Oh my goodness, I wish, uh, I wish there was somebody else that lived near us that had kids so that my kids could have a play date. Uh, is there no one else around here? Oh, I'm sorry, Hannah, I didn't mean it, oops. Hannah, could you send one of your sons to go to the corner store real quick? I just need them to get me a couple of quarter juices. Uh, I'm sorry, you don't have kids. Panina's frustration causes her to begin to take shots at Hannah. And I have to ask this question because how many times have, have we sat around and been frustrated or jealous of what somebody else is getting and so we start to throw pot shots? Matter of fact, how many people in the church have we offended because we've been jealous of what they had, thinking that they had more than us and so we began to take pot shots at them and they ended up leaving church. 
I'll be honest, there's a whole generation of believers. There's a, I'm going to say it like this. There's a whole army of believers sitting at home who've just been offended by us because we've done foolish stuff. Because we didn't know how to manage ourselves. We didn't know that when there was a struggle coming, it began to reveal the status of my heart. But watch this. Panina moves in jealousy, but Hannah moves in humility. Hannah chooses to pray. And the difference in how they, the difference in how they dealt with this conflict is why Panina's story stops and Hannah's story continues. Because let's be honest, God didn't have to use Hannah. I mean, let's be honest, why use somebody who's not producing anything? Let's just go to the one who's producing and have her give birth to Samuel. But no, 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 because the posture of her heart caused the problem. And because Panina's heart posture was wrong, God says, I can't use you. But the moment stress comes, the moment struggle comes, the moment I feel, God, I don't know why I feel like I'm at a deficit in this area. Why is it that everyone else around me is getting blessed and I'm not? I don't understand. I don't need to move in jealousy. I move in humility because if there's anyone who's going to bless me, I'm going to go to God. If there is anyone who is going to do it in my life, I'm going to go to him. Panina moved in jealousy. Hannah moves in humility. Bible says this, Psalms chapter 139. I love this particular one. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This particular psalm, they believe, is written by David. Who even towards the end of his life was consistently saying, God, if there's anything in me. He had already accomplished. He was already king. He was already where God, if there's anything in me, he had already built the massive kingdom. The Bible says that when Solomon took over, he had peace on all his borders because of what David did. Even then, David is, if there's anything in me. Because what we fail to believe when we're talking about the giver is that it is the heart posture that matters most. That's why Jesus stands in that, in that room with the, the Pharisees and the woman who brings her last two pennies. And he says, she gave more than everyone else. Why? Because the Pharisees' heart posture was they wanted to see them throwing in the stacks. They wanted to be the ones to come in with the brick of 20s for no reason at all and just throw it in the offering plate. Boom. Yeah. No, pastor, could we do it up? We don't have to pass the bucket. Could we do it up in the front? Everybody just walk up. Perfect. So I could throw my offering in and look good. But this woman, she came and brought her last two. Jesus said she gave more than everyone. Why? Because her heart posture was different. Are you willing to let God search you and remove things from you? So, so, so Hannah chooses to pray and she chooses to, 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 instead of taking out her frustration on another member of the family, she chooses to pray. And this is why I'm saying the power of prayer comes from the posture of the heart. This is the true power in prayer. If you want to know, look, how do, I, how do I go and dig in and get my prayers answered? Make sure your heart posture is right. So, as we move through this story, we're seeing this, this, this separation of how the, their, their response to the conflict. And the Bible says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, it says she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Now, I've been in some frustrating circumstances before. Like, let's show of hands. Anybody ever been so frustrated, so mad, like you lose your voice from crying? Or yelling? It's usually yelling with me. I don't. My wife will tell you, like, I'm, I'm very easygoing. I'm like, hey, how you doing? No. No, I'm very non-confrontational. But once I'm there, it's like, you should have probably opened these floodgates earlier because this response is really over the top. Like, I'm like, boom. Like, it's Mount Vesuvius. Like, just, you know what? The super volcano. That's just like, I'm, because I'm real like, nah, it's all good. No. But then when I finally snap, it's bad. Right. And, and like Panina, I mean, uh, uh, Hannah's at this place where she's she's cried so much. She wept bitterly like I, I, I'm I, I can't even describe. I think the only way that I could describe it is, is 
when my brother-in-law passed away and, and it was probably one of the most difficult, difficult days that we dealt with uh, thus far in my life. And when my brother-in-law passed away, my mother-in-law let loose. I've never heard anybody cry like this before in my entire life. Never. Like, I, I've never, I mean, it was one of those, like, her heart was on the floor. Like, it, it made me, I was like, like, I felt it. And this is where Hannah was. She was so bitter. She was so hurt. But in all of that, she still went to God because that's what mattered. I'm so broken and I'm so hurting. The only place that I can go is I got to run to daddy's arms. I'm so broken. I'm so hurting about what's happening over here. The only place that I can go is to him. I can't go anywhere else. Run away far away to Yahweh because he's my hideaway. That's the place that I have to be. Bitter, distressed, frustrated, angry. It doesn't matter what it is. I've got to go to him. And she could have pointed at God and said, this is your fault. I'm never serving you again. But listen to her prayer. O Lord of hosts, if you will look on the affliction of your servant and remember me, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. In the midst of her crisis, she didn't blame God. She chose faith over hopelessness. In the midst of crisis, choose faith over hopelessness. Because it's real easy. It's real, real easy. Like, let's be, misery loves company. Like, you ever heard somebody that's miserable and they just want you to be miserable too? These sound like the people who are just like, yo, isn't it? What do you think? Uh-uh, nope. I'm not getting involved in none of that. No, but what do you think? Like, they're doing one, two, three, four, five. Doesn't that make you mad? And you sitting there, you're like, yeah, it does make me mad. That's not even your department at work. Like, why are you stressed out about what's happening in the mail room? Like, you, like, can you believe it? They sort the mail backwards. Who does that? Doesn't that make you mad? You, now you want to go down the mail room and have a fit because you're listening to somebody who, and it's like, I can't believe. No, but there are people who want you to be just as mad as they are. And Panina wanted to start a fight. Panina wanted, let's go. Let's get it. Let's Let's go. Let, she wanted to start a fight. Hannah was like, you know what? I have nothing to do with this. I'm going to go pray. Because the God of my faith is greater than the hopelessness that you're walking in. So her heart condition brings her to this place of prayer. And I love this because what we tend to, like, what we do is, her request sounds similar to what we've prayed sometimes. God, if you get me out of this situation, I'll serve you. I used to pray that in high school a lot. Lord, if you, if you change this D to a B, I'll serve you. <laughs> Have them accidentally superimpose another D on top so that it looks like a B in Jesus' name. <laughs> Instead of 61, let them write 81. Jesus, like, you know, like you start praying all the Lord, if you do it for I serve you. And, and, you know, that doesn't happen. You sit there, you suffer, you go home, your parents, you know, they lose their minds because, you know, it is what it is. Because God is not about, God's, I'm not going to just rescue you because nothing that you do could ever repay me for what I do for you. This is what we tend to, oh, God, as if God, God's like, oh, oh, you're going to serve? Yes, I'll take care of that grade for you, no problem. Yeah. But it, God, it's not about that. God's not about, oh, th there's something that you could do to repay me that would be equal footing. No, 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 there's nothing equal about it. But this request was very different. Remember, because our heart position was different. And I need you to understand, God respects the condition of the heart above the condition of the request. God, I'll, I'll give this to you. If you give it to me, I'll give it to you. And here's the understanding. This is the picture that I want you to get because this is so important. God, if you give me what I've been desiring, I will give it back to you. 
Now that's strange because I wouldn't tell my job, listen, just cut me my check on Friday and I'll give it right back to you. Uh, no, that direct deposit's staying in my account. Like, let's just call it a day. But this is different. And it comes from this recognition. And I want you to grab this. Because if you don't, you'll miss everything else. Gift, uh, giving, this idea of giving hangs on this one thing. Anything that you have came from God in the first place. So it's really not yours. Can I just, can I just, can I just break this down real quick? I want to break it down real quick. Anybody ever heard you got to give God 10%? Give the you got to give your tithe. Give God 10%. That assumes that the 100% was yours in the first place. But it's not. The earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it. So it really belongs to him. Watch this. So God really is giving you 90 if you want to walk by that. Ouch. What are you doing with your 90? Are you spending it frivolously, living in debt, and not really developing or leaving anything for your future children and next generation or giving to your church? You're just using it for whatever you want. Are you coming in on Sunday morning and giving a dollar because by the time you got paid on Friday and Saturday you spent it all and Sunday all you got left is $2 and pocket change for the tolls? <sighs> Am I scratching in the kitty litter a little too much? See, because we misunderstand the picture of what God is really talking about. Hannah understands, God, if you give it to me, it's yours anyway. I'll just give it right back to you. I'm not worried about anything else. I just need you to do something. I need you. I feel like I'm unproductive. I feel like I'm not producing like I'm supposed to be. And because I'm not producing like I'm supposed to be, I just want you to show me that you built me a certain way and you are going to open the gift that you've given me. Let me explain what I'm... Let me explain what I'm talking about. From the beginning of creation, the woman in scripture, and this is what we've, we've misunderstood women in scripture. From the beginning of creation, the women throughout scripture, Hebrew women were looking for the seed that was promised to Eve. Because, Jesus, because God said this, God said to the serpent, the woman is going to give birth to a seed and that seed will crush your head. They understood that the seed that was coming was going to be the one that would rescue them. So every time a, a son was born, a woman hoped that it was going to be the seed. A woman hoped that it was going to be the one. So when Cain was born, Eve was like, is this the one? When Abel was born, Eve was like, is this the one? No wonder when Cain killed Abel and then Eve gave birth to Seth, God, G, uh, Eve said, oh, God has given me a son to replace the one I lost. Isn't that a picture of Jesus Christ who died on the cross? His blood cried out for you and me, and all of a sudden he resurrected again, walking. Because Seth is the one that gave birth to the promise. No wonder it wasn't the first Jesus that walked who could. It wasn't the earthly Jesus. It was the one who died and was resurrected. He's the one who brought the promise to pass. The promise didn't happen on the cross. It happened in the grave. So the woman in scripture, they've been looking and looking. And Hannah's sitting in a position. Panina's giving birth to child after child after child. We don't even know how many children she had. But all we know is that Hannah does not have a part in the promise. Hannah is not able to give birth. Hannah is not able to do what she was built to do. Have you ever been in a position where you're like, yo, I know I could do this. But for some reason, I just, I can't get this done. What is, I don't know what it is. Feeling powerless, even though you know you've got the calling, powerless to walk in it sometimes God will put that powerlessness in you because the time has not been appointed for you to release what's on the inside of you and so Hannah is so frustrated because she is built for something but unable to walk in it I mean literally created for this purpose men we are not created for this purpose You can tell, see, the fathers know what I'm talking about, right? The, the, the ones who ain't got fathers, like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Like, you, you know, you don't realize the pain you caused your mother when you came out. No clue. Matter of fact, when you were in there, let me tell you something. My wife and I, I was, I, when we first got married, right? Raise your hand if I'm telling the truth. How, matter of fact, don't even raise your hand. Just say, shout it out. How many kids did I want when we first got married? How many kids? Yeah. No, no, listen, yeah. Don't judge me. I see you. I hear y'all judge me. I can hear your judgmental eyes. All the women are like, five, seven, you crazy. I wanted a basketball team, okay? I, I did. I want a starting five. Let's go. 
I want to go to any court and be like, these are my kids. Watch. Let's go. <laughs> Run everybody off the court. I watched my wife give birth to our son. I was like, you a trooper. I was like, hey. I watched her give birth to our daughter. And not just the birth, because this pregnancy was different. Like, my wife had, like, back pain. I've never given so many massages in my life. And literally, my wife, her body changed, belly grew. Like, do you realize, like, when your belly grows, like, your uterus grows, it pushes other organs out of the way? Like, your body is like, who needs a bladder? Let's just, <laughs> boom. Like, I, see, the ladies know, I'm talking to the ladies. All the guys are like, why are, we, why are we talking about this? This is so horrible. I don't, none of the men can relate to me right now, except for the ones who, like, the, the ones who are fathers who've been there through that process. Y'all know, because you know the sleepless nights when she looks at you and she's like, hey, could you massage me? Like, yo, I just laid down 20 minutes ago. I don't, why didn't you say that before I laid down and closed my eyes? Like, but we're not built for it. We're not built for that. And so what they did in scripture is they sort of dulled women down to, to just this, they give birth to kids and they raise kids. But you don't understand, like, that there's a reason. The woman is the one that receives the seed, but she nurtures the seed too. Like, like do you understand that what a woman eats feeds the child that's within as well? Like, a mother has to be careful what she puts in her body because if she puts the wrong things in, she can abort what's inside of her. Do you understand that as the church, we got to be real careful what we put inside of us because Christ is the one that gave us the seed. And if we don't eat the right things, we could abort the purpose that he's dropped on the inside of us. Oh, no, I, I don't think you get what I'm saying. Like some of the stuff that we put on 10, I'm going to get real. Maybe this is old school. Some of the stuff that we watch on TV that doesn't really feed us. Like it's, I call it like cotton candy stuff. You know, cotton candy, like you put it in your mouth. It's all sugar. You put it in your mouth and it drops down like nothing. That's what we do. Like we watch cotton candy on TV. We binge this series, binge that series. And when finally the opportunity comes for us to walk in what God has called us to walk in as the church, we can't because we didn't nurture the seed. And Hannah has nothing to nurture. And in this moment where she's unable to produce, in this moment where she's unable to nurture, and in the moment where her greatest despair, feeling like she has a life with no purpose, she goes to the very one who could give her purpose. And she says, God, if you open my womb, if you, if you help me to walk in what you've called in, everything that comes from me, I'll give back to you. Isn't that amazing? What is it that God has called you to walk in? Maybe the reason that you haven't produced anything yet is because God knows that if you get it, you won't surrender it to him. You won't give it to him. You won't drop it into his hands. Maybe that's the reason why God hasn't broken it open. But if God, all of a sudden in that moment, God says, no, 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 now I know their heart, they're hungry for me. They're ready for what they can. They know, they're now positioned in a place where if I ask for it, I'll get it. If I ask for it, I can multiply. If I ask for it, they'll give it to me because they know, they trust me. They're moving in faith. They're not worried about the circumstances. They're not worried about what's not happening. They're worried about what is happening, what is about to happen, what I'm about to do. And so when they give when I give it to them, they'll give it right back to me. I wrote this down because I thought this was, God opens barren wombs in order to fulfill his purpose on earth. What do you, what do you mean? Oh, this was probably, and my wife will tell you, because this was a series we preached a while ago. There are six women who were barren in scripture. We're we not going to throw Jesus Christ in there. I love you. We're not, we not, we not going to throw Mary in there. My wife is correcting me. Seven. I'm going to stick with six. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Seven. All right. We'll, we'll do it. Seven. I want to be able to sleep peacefully tonight. Okay. Seven. Um, there are seven barren women. The first one that we encounter in scripture, her name is Sarah. She was married to Abraham, their son named Isaac. They called him Isaac, which means laughter because she laughed. Here's the power in this. Watch this. Isaac, 
He was the only son of Abraham, but he inherited everything. You know how powerful his destiny was? He grew so large that the Philistines had to ask him to move. That there were kings in the area that were like, listen, you are too big for us. You got to hear me. Kings said one man, one family was too big for us. I need you to move. And Isaac moved and he found a place and they said, no, that's ours too. And he moved, he found another place, said, no, that's ours too. He finally moved, found rest. And the Bible says that he prospered, became very prosperous and continued prospering. That means that the fortune that Abraham gave Isaac, Isaac multiplied it. Rebecca, his wife, was also barren. She gave birth to Jacob and Esau. Jacob, whose name became Israel, he's the one who is the namesake for the entire country that we see today. He had the blessing. He's also responsible, if it was not for Jacob and his knowledge of, of working with sheep and shepherding, the Israelites that went into Egypt never would have been good shepherds. They never would have been able to get the greatest land, Goshen, in Egypt. They never would have been able to be in that place. They never would have been able to take care of Pharaoh's flocks if it was not for Jacob becoming so good at being a shepherd. Can I just say this? Blessing is generational. Do you see how important it is for you to walk in what God has called you to walk in? I don't want to make today about this, but I'm letting you know that God has some people in this house. God has some people in this house that have, pur that have purposes, that have destinies, and God is looking to unlock them. God is looking to break them open because when he breaks them open, what will come from you will be so transformational. It will shift. Even Listen, I'm telling you, even Rachel, she was barren, and she gave birth to, to all. She, she gave birth to Joseph, and she gave birth to Benjamin. Notice, Joseph is the one that saved the entire, the, the entire world at that time when all of us, there was a famine. And all of a sudden, he's like, you know what? I got a bright idea. He comes from prison to go to the palace, and all of a sudden, he's rescuing his family. If it was not for Joseph being in the right position, the nation of Israel never would have been who they were. Hannah was barren. We move forward. Samson's mother was barren. If it was not for Samson's mother giving birth to Samson, guess who? Would, guess what? The Philistines would have still kept their, their leadership over Israel. They still would have had Israel enslaved, and Israel never would have been free. But if it was not for her, she raised up a deliverer for her own people. Elizabeth was also barren. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Elizabeth was barren. She gave birth to John the Baptist, the forerunner to Jesus Christ. John the Baptist is the greatest picture of you and me, because before that, pers that person in your life that doesn't know Christ, when you get there, you're John the Baptist, because you're pointing to the one that is about to come you got to hear me when God opens barren wounds when God opens what has been barren in you you don't know whose life is going to be affected Mary wasn't necessarily barren but she had never known a man but God opened her womb even before someone else had an opportunity. Watch this. God did that because he said, this one is reserved for me. I can't have anybody else get access to this. I can't have anybody else take advantage of this. Why, God, why is it that I can't move in what I, I believe? I know you've called me to move in. Because if you moved in it now, somebody else would take credit for what I'm doing. So I'm making you patient. I'm making you wait. I'm giving you, I'm, 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 I'm holding you back because I'm limiting you right now because when you finally move forward, you won't be able to take credit. They won't be able to take credit. He won't be able to take credit. She won't be able to take credit. They will all know Know that it was me. And I feel this so strongly because as I was preparing for this, God really began to speak. And, and, and I, I wanted to, I want. People have treated this house like Panina. People have been jealous of the double portion that God has dropped on this house. And it may look like there are other places that are producing. And this is, this is something God dropped in my spirit. And I, I know I came here because I wanted you to understand that they, they saw the outpouring of resources. They saw everything that God has blessed this house with. And they were jealous. And in that jealousy, they began to take shots. 
because they were jealous. But God said this, today I'm opening the womb because your heart posture was right. Because the heart posture of this house has been prayer. The heart posture of your pastors has been prayer. It has been humility. This is, I wrote this down. This is exactly what he said. People have treated you like Panina treated Hannah. They talked about you. And they were prideful because they were producing and it looked like you were not. Where they grew, you shrank. But they were operating in jealousy. They saw the double portion even before you did. They saw the outpouring of resources even when you didn't. But God says, I am opening the womb today and releasing what I have called you to produce. He says, get ready because what I've placed in you is big. And I, I have to... He says, you came to me and prayed. Your heart posture was in the right place. And I have to say this the way God put it on me because every time I tried to write womb, he just changed it. He said, he said this. He said, I honor that and I am opening the matrix. Some of y'all may not know what I'm, I'm saying, but if you read the old King James, one of, the, one of the, the words that they use for womb, the word they use for womb is the matrix. Even in Spanish, you know, they, they, I, don't, I don't know why they call it a, they call it a matrix. And he said, I have heard your prayer, and I answer by opening things that were previously shut. Gifts that were closed, I open. Purpose that was closed off, I open. Abilities that were stopped up, I release. And he said this, and I declare this to you today. This house shall be called a productive house. Whatever has not been produced and God has called it to produce. I'm going to close with this. God gave Hannah a son. Hannah gave that son back to God. If you've got one and you take away one, that's zero. There's nothing left. Don't get stuck on percentages. God's standard of giving throughout scripture is 100%. Don't get stuck. These are, there's, there's, these are three things I want you to walk away with today. Number one, God's standard of giving is 100%. You see it throughout scripture. It's 100%. I'm not telling you to not pay your rent. I'm not telling you to not pay your bills when you give. I'm not telling you that. What I'm telling you is God wants to know if I ask for it, will you give it? Do I have access to the very thing that is important to you, that you value? Yes, I gave it to you, but if I wanted it back, would you give it? Yes, God, Abraham, I'll give you Isaac, but if I wanted him back, would you give it? The Bible says that God gave his only son. God gave 100%. Jesus didn't say, well, I'll give you three fingers, a wrist, a knuckle, and an elbow. We don't know how many children Panina had. And this is, this is why it's so valuable. We don't know how many children Panina had. We have no idea. But the Bible records that Hannah had five. She went from having none, receiving her first one and giving it to God. That's 100%. God gave her four more. He said, these I'm not asking for. You already gave me the one. That's good. These, he multiplied four times what she gave. Don't be afraid to release into God's hands, God's hands what he gave to you. Because you can't outgive God. Second thing is this. My wife pointed this out, and I thought this was absolutely amazing. You know, the Bible says that year after year, Hannah kept bringing a coat. She brought a robe for Samuel. Every year, she brought another one. And when he grew, the next year, she brought another one. She started by giving her son, but every year, she gave something else. Giving is not a one-time thing. Don't, don't, listen, don't let your tax returns fool you. Because we don't make donations to the house of God. We invest in the house of God.
Lord, I'm bringing my money. Just, you know, whatever happens, happens. No, no, no. Watch your seed. Nurture your seed. Give more. And give and give and give. Why? Become a committed giver. Become a committed investor. See, investors don't just give and walk away. Investors watch. I want to see how it's doing. You know how you invest? When you give, you come and you serve too. I gave my tithe today, pastor. No, don't just go home. Give your tithe, that's great. But now I need you to stand up and usher. I need you to help some people. I need you to go pray. I need you to go visit some people and pray over those people. I need you to join the worship team if you got them, if you can sing. If you can't, let's find a different ministry for you. And the last thing, this is so important. Samuel was the last of the judges. Samuel transitioned Israel from a time of judgment to a time of kingship. He was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ who would shift us from the law to a period of reigning as kings with him. You have no destiny that the, you have no idea the destiny that God has on your seed. So don't withhold your seed because you can't see its fullest potential. The five, the ten bucks that, that you give, you never know how far it's going to. I don't know. It's just five dollars. I should just keep it. I should just go to Applebee's after church. But you have no idea how much your two for 22 really would have gone in the kingdom. Just know when you, and I'm telling you, I say this, I say with this with as much passion as I can say it. When you release something into God's hands, he is faithful to ensure that it accomplishes what it is meant to accomplish. The Bible says this, and we're going to pray. The Bible says that, is, that Israel at that time, the word of the Lord was rare. It wasn't heard of. And when Samuel arrived, all of a sudden they began to hear the word of God again for the first time. But if Hannah had not given Samuel, a nation would have remained in darkness. What is it that God has placed in your hands? He is calling you to give. This isn't just about financial seed. This is about everything that God has placed in you. What are the gifts that God has placed in your hands? What, what are the skills that God has put on you? What is the desire? What is the passion of your heart? Let me tell you something. If you feel it in your heart, maybe it's meant for you to do. Like if something really got you passionate about it, maybe God is calling you to do it. And who knows that if you don't step into that, there could be an entire group of people that don't get to see the light of Christ because you failed to give what God put in your hands. But I believe that we have a house today of people who are going to give. We have productive people. We have people who are looking to produce in the kingdom we got 30 fold we got 60 fold we got a hundred fold people people who know that the seed of the word of God when it drops inside of them will unlock the matrix it will unlock the womb it will give access to everything it will begin to produce product it will begin to produce things that have never before been seen in the earth and people who are around they will all of us God I'm releasing the gift that you've given me and I know if I release the gift souls will come into the kingdom your church will grow your body will grow your body will produce you will become greater in this earth your glory will be seen when I step into my ministry your glory will be seen when I step into my purpose your glory will be seen when I begin to produce what you've called me to produce God is releasing it today If you felt that your purpose is just beyond your reach, if you felt that it's just beyond your reach, you don't know what it is out there. I know I've got a purpose. I know I've got a calling, but I just haven't been able to touch God's word over the house today is that he's going to release it. He is opening. This house is going to become productive. And if that's you... I'd like you to come up to the front. I'm going to play, pray a global prayer. If possible, please stay six feet apart. But come up. If you're like, you know what? I felt like I've been stopped up. I know I've got something. 
know I've got a purpose. God, I want you to unlock it in me today. I'm living for more. Maybe you know what it is. Maybe you know what your purpose is. And maybe it's just, maybe you, you're just like, you know, I don't know why. I just haven't had the energy to do it. Maybe that's you. That's you too. Come, we're going to pray today. I'm telling you, God's going to release it today. God's releasing it today. Bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to do it globally. Father God, in the name of Jesus, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands. Whenever you lift your hands, it's, 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 as if, it's as if God is putting you in a position the same way like somebody has a gun to you. If they had a gun to you, put your hands up. And they have the ability to take off of you whatever they don't want on you. But they also have the ability to put on you whatever it is that they want to put on you. So right now, God is going to take off of you every limitation that has ever held you back. God is going to take off of you procrastination. God is going to take off of you laziness. God is going to take off of you confusion. God is going to take off of you anxiety. God is going to take off of you depression. God is going to take off of you oppression. God is going to remove every hindrance, every stumbling block, every weight that so easily besets you so that you are now able to run the race. I declare right now in Jesus' name that everything God does not want on you is removed now in Jesus' name. I declare over you that you are set free from every limitation. Nothing will hold you back from pursuing. Nothing will hold you back from pursuing. Nothing will hold you back from running after in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God. Procrastination has to go. Laziness has to go. Uh, anxiety has to go. I thank you, Lord God. Ignorance has to go. Whatever it is that they don't know, Lord God, pour in your supernatural knowledge in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you are releasing over them right now. You are releasing over them right now. Strength, Lord God. You are releasing over them right now. Fortitude, Lord God. You are releasing over them right now. Mental stability, Lord God. You are releasing over them right now. Witty inventions, Lord God. Ideas that they never thought of before. I break every mental block and I declare right now in Jesus' name that you will produce what God has called over your life. Jesus' name, hallelujah. This house shall be a light. 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 Staten Island has seen the light of God in Christ Uncensored House of Worship. Staten Island shall be transformed by Christ Uncensored House of Worship. Staten Island shall know that God is in this house, that the Spirit is on this place, and that if you come here, you shall be released to fulfill all that God has for you. You cannot stay the same. You cannot go backwards. But this is considered a progressive church, a church that moves forward, a church that advances the cross in every area, in government, advances the cross in business this church advances the cross in education this church advances the cross in every area in Jesus name Jesus has 
today I release you to whatever your purpose is. Today God releases you to whatever your purpose is. Don't let anything stop you. Because here's what's going to happen. Your mind is going to get in the way. You can't do that. No, no, no. But God has called me. This song is powerful. Look, I have the authority. I'm done. I promise. I'm going to give you the mic. I promise. Do you understand authority? There are two things that you need to accomplish any task. The first is ability. Capacity. Like you need to have the ability, right? You need to have the skills, the tools to do it. But the second thing that you need, and it's probably the far more important thing, is authority. That word authority also translates to permission. And if God has given you a purpose, and God has given you a place, then that means you already have permission to release what God has deposited in you. But watch this, you never give permission to someone who does not have ability. Because if you give permission to someone to do something who does not have ability, that leads to destruction. And God is not a God of destruction because he said, I have come that they may have life. So if God has given you the purpose, he's given you the ability. And I release you today to accomplish all that God has placed. And I release this house to accomplish all that God has placed in their hearts. In Jesus' name. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.